I'm Dermot Hussey. Welcome to Riffin Radio, the podcast. It's a collection of interviews with artists from various genres, spanning three decades and giving more context to the music we love. Trinidad and Tobago awarded David Michael Rudder with one of its highest honors, the Hummingbird Silver Medal, for his contribution to Calypso. He was also appointed a goodwill ambassador by the United Nations Development Program. In 1990, I spoke to him about his early music. In 1988, you wrote Haiti, um, which again pinpointed our ignorance of, of the situation in the Caribbean. And I believe it was also a song that you were criticized for by the fans because I didn't quite understand that you were spreading out in terms of the kinds of things that you are using for themes in your songs and so on. Yeah, because people, you know, basically they kind of parochial, they want to deal with things that was happening in society, what's happening in the village, what's happening in the town, what the government do and so on. I mean, although Calypso has always been talking about world events, it's still related to, in a sense to um, what was happening with the colonial government in the old days uh, when King Edward abdicated the throne. It's still related to mm -hmm. us from 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 in that way, but um, in the Caribbean, the French Caribbean doesn't really know what's happening in the English Caribbean, or this what we don't know what's happening in the Spanish Caribbean, and so on. Mm -hmm. And th this song was basically symbolizes the the fact that all the, the we don't we don't understand each other, we don't communicate with each other. Haiti is no big news, you know, mm -hmm. but um, we really don't relate to each other in that way. We don't know who. Who's the prime minister of um, Haiti? What's happening in Martinique? What's happening? You know, what we know about Cuba is basically that they and the Americans are at war, what have you. You know, but um, we need to. I, the song is saying we need to know more, more, more each other. Riffin Radio. Back in Adelaide, interesting. A lot of your songs do single out the Caribbean woman. Yeah. Um, and and that's a nice thing. You talk about carnival woman, or you talk about back in Adelaide. Kingston girl. Kingston. Yeah. Girl, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is nice because if we are often accused, um, our music is seen to be very kind of male dominated and, mm -hmm. and chauvinistic as a result, yeah. you know. We want to try and cover as much of your music as we can tonight and dipping ever so often into themes that have themes that stand out. Panama seemed to have been touching on the, the corruption, which is a, a kind of common Caribbean feature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> an international feature. <laughs> it's just a matter of degree. Yes, yes. But this was the era when, um, you know, Trader had so many billions of dollars and suddenly the money just seemed to disappear. <laughs> Kickbacks and <laughs> grease palms and everything else. And um, sometimes when things got hot, certain people just disappeared from Trinidad and they turned up in Panama for some strange reason. <laughs> Were there, are there any extradition laws there between Trinidad? I, I, no, I don't think so. I think Panama is a, is a very good money laundering um, country. It was at, the, at that point in time, I guess. So perhaps that was the reason. I don't know. A tale of those gentlemen who grab and flee. Trinidad nationals who sink off with the treasury. 
There's some skyscrapers in Canada, in Toronto right now. People saying, well, someone built them. Yes, I've heard of his name. <laughs> <laughs> we won't come into any line <laughs> The engine room is the rhythm section of a, of a steel orchestra. Yeah, right? that's right. We use our brick drums and we call them irons. And, um, you know, they put, that's the main percussion of the steel that drives the steel band. And um, I wanted to pay tribute to some, another section of the band, the engine room, you know, the rhythm section. That's where the power comes from. That's where the power comes from. Without the engine room, you, you have no band. You know? You're listening to Riffin Radio. How oh, easy is it to get those brake drums in Trinidad? They must be, I mean, in great demand. Yeah, but endless, we have endless cars. What, what they're doing now, they don't use those brake drums anymore. Um, there are people who actually make them out of steel, in welded steel, uh-huh. because they, they can get a different tune, tuning. They actually have tuned pieces of iron now. <laughs> highs and lows and everything, you know. Everyone makes their own, you know. There was a, there's a, one of the pioneers of fun, um, a man called Ellie Manette. He lives in America now. Yes. But he was one of the famous engine room men. I didn't mention him in the song. But there's a, the legend goes that after every carnival, he had a secret place. He used to bury his, his, his iron somewhere in the ground. And he would, every carnival, he would dig it back up. <laughs> so, you know, his, he had the sweetest um, sound. Yeah. One More Officer is a tune that has a history to it. Um, it's a really an event that happened, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, at that point in time, it was 1989, and things were really getting bad then. All the retrenchment, and people were angry, and carnival time was a time when they were released the, the rage, and so, you know, that's what basically we used carnival for. And people came to the FET, and we went on stage at 4.30, um, 3.30 in the morning, but the FET had the license went to 4.00. And at, at, at four o'clock, the police came on stage and said, well, that's the end of the fete. And the people stood there and they said, well, look, before we mash up this song, play the, let the music play. And they, they allowed us to go on for another half an hour. And that's what one more officer, that's how one more officer came up. Came about. Had the police resisted, do you think it would have gone badly? I think, the, yeah, I think some of the people were sort of like um, agitated, you know, and they, it only takes one or two people to, like, Throw a bottle in here and, and you know, kick <laughs> off something. <laughs> We've been listening to a selection of songs from a compact disc entitled David Rudder. Rudder, the Gilded Collection, 1986 to 1989. We'd like to look now at two songs that David did for a film called Wild Orchid. Three songs. In fact, he did... Um, Children of Fire. Right, then there's also Dark, Dark Secret. Secret. Uh huh. How did that actually happen? Well, I was um, with Warner Brothers at that time, Sire Warner. Mm-hmm. And, well, actually, I was with London. In, the, in America, I was, with, um, I was signed over to Sire Warner. And uh, they were making this movie. Um, and Sire was involved in it. And at that time, the whole world beat phenomenon was right. taking place. And so they wanted to get all of these um, world beat artists on and each one was supposed to contribute a song so when the songs were contributed and they had these main writers theme writers of the of the of the thing um when i when the songs were submitted the only song that the, the director liked was my song just which was just a carnival mm-hmm. and he had just sent back the the, the theme writers to the drawing board with, because he didn't like the stuff they had just brought in mm-hmm. and the guy said we don't know what this guy wants you know and i stepped into the office at the same time and 
Simostain, the head of Saya, said, I'm like David Rodas in the studio, and he was talking to the guy in Brazil. And the guy said, well, let him sit in, sit in with them and maybe they will come up with something. And we came up with Children of Fire, which was the recurring theme to the movie. And just before we closed the session off, he, the guy started to strum something and he started to sing, if love is a fire, let me, let love let me burn. And we just threw that in as, a, as an extra, an anayap, as we say in Trinidad. <laughs> and that became like the, you know, promotional song for the, for the, for the movie, Wild Orchid. Riffin Radio. One of several songs that David Rudder contributed to the film uh, Wild Orchid, starred Mickey Rourke. Yeah, actually that wasn't one of the, um, that was, it was put on the same album, but it was, it was done for different, for different reasons other than the movie. I hear you. Yeah. Time, of course, is always racing against us and we want to move on to an album, which I don't think is, is um, in Jamaica a great deal. I just recently got a copy of Frenzy. What year did that come out? That was 90, that was two years ago, um, 80, uh, 92. Mm. Yeah, and 92. again, you were seen trying different um, permutations because I noticed you had some like rock and roll things in there, mixing it with your own indigenous idioms well, that, and so on. Yeah, that was um, Feeding Frenzy. That was basically, I was just leaving the, the record company realizing that, you know, things weren't really going as, as, as planned, you know, and um, the big world out there is a big world of rock and roll. And my little music was being kind of squeezed like. Mm -hmm. So the symbol of the rock and roll in there was actually rock and roll dominating. Really? So it was a sort of message inside of there also. Yeah. It's interesting that you speak of the outside world because... At one time, there were expectations that you were going to do for soca what Bob Marley did for reggae in terms of internationalizing the form, but it didn't quite work out that way. No, I think too because soca music is not um, reggae has always been underground and all over the place, you know. And there's a tradition in reggae. I think when you look look back, you know, scatter lights, you come right through um, Ken Booth, Ken Lazarus. Those Busters, Jimmy Cliff, it's a whole line of artists, you know, um, and basically Calypso used to be stunted because simply because most people only know, knew it was Paro and Kitchener over all those, those, those same yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. So I had to come and tote that, that burden, carry that burden. And um, I think it was just about people saying well, Calypso music, they, they related back to that era. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, th that was a problem, really. Plus, I don't think Soka's had the kind of promotional promotion. support well, yeah. reggae has had. Yeah, because the record company, tends, they tend to put out this stuff and say, let's see what happens here. And then, you know, instead of saying, well, we have to put out something to promote this. Mm. Yeah. For instance, I read somewhere where Arrow was trying to suggest that if you had done music in the vein more of, say, like Bacchanal Lady and Bahia Girl, um, you'd have had greater success. Do you really agree with that? Well, I mean, he was relating it to like hot, 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 yeah. which was a big thing. But then, then again, he was, he's doing music like hot, hot, hot over the years. He's doing this basically the same thing, you know, long time and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, if that was true, then he would have been, um, you know, it would have happened simply because he would be following what the hot, hot, hot tradition. But, um, it actually ended up as sort of very standout. It's like a novelty song. Mm. Everyone knows it, but after that, that was you know, that was it for that song. <laughs> you know, you know, anything after that was just another song. You're listening to Riffin Radio. Was that 
influenced by the LA riots. Yeah, that, so, so the, the, the scene with the Rodney King thing, I had to write a song, you know. Um, I remember when it was played over in LA, um, some, some people, residents of LA started to cry and the DJs, um, they would play the album, the Ministry of Rhythm album, and they would avoid that song. They, they couldn't deal with it, you know. Mm. Yeah, it, it was with, um, because it, it touched the core of what was happening inside there, what's still happening. And if you if you remove the word LA and put it in any society, what, what things are happening in society now, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the fascinating things I find out with your work, David, is that you have gone so far ahead of what normal soca music seems to deal with. You know, hand up in the air, get something and wave. Yeah. Make your boom boom roll. Um, does this in any sense lose you a certain kind of popularity in, in, in Trinidad? Yeah, I, I think initially when I, when I won the crown, people, th- people thought, well, you know, this is a, the event, of, some party things will take over and so on. <laughs> and um, when they started to find out what I, who I really was, people, some people started to back away. But I think, you know, you get like the, the mass coming at you. No, I, I can stand sometimes in the audience and look, ac- look across the crowd and, I can see the 12 people who understand where I'm coming from perfectly. <laughs> I can actually, I can actually get to see the vibration, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, there's, it's like right now, of all the records, although they might have many um, big hits for Carnival, at the end of the year, when the record sales and so on, they buy David Rutter record, you know, because there's substance on it. Right. Because the Carnival music at, at, on Ash Wednesday, it, it, it dies. That's right. Yeah, and the artists only hope to maybe get a job in another Carnival somewhere. Right, or maybe Caribano or Jamaica Carnival or, or New York or they, I travel all over the world. I go to Japan, all through Europe. I go to Utah, San Francisco, you know, you know, all over the place, you know. And this is the difference. The Department of Focusive Energy. Yeah, well, there's a new form of calypso coming into Trinidad. No, it's been around for a while, but um, it's now taking prominence called Rapso. Most of the youngsters are doing it, and every so often I try to. They, they begin to get very monotonous again. So I try to do different things to show them, you know, you can, your creative energy is not a limited thing. It's, it's limitless. So I, I've, I've done this one, Department of Percussive Energy, D-O-P-E. <laughs> That's the, the music is the only high. That's the message on the music, <laughs> you know. Riffin Radio. This one is called The Hammer. It's a story about the steel bands in Trinidad, a steel band called Desperados from an area called Lavantia, depressed area and its leader, who passed away many years ago. It's a man called Rudolph Charles. In 1986, that song earned David Rudder, Young King, Calypso Monarch, Road March King, and it was also the winning panorama song, The Hammer. Yeah, that, that was one half of the, the other song was uh, By Your Girl. It's, it's a story about um, the fact that Trinidad is, has a very strong Yoruba c- culture still alive today. And um, also Bahia, which is the Africa of Brazil. The culture is also strong, very strong there. It's called Candomblé in Brazil and Trinidad. It's called Shango. And I was just trying to show the relationship of these two vibrations, um, the similarities through me and encountering this girl in Trinidad. And this is the Bahia girl. A wonderful girl indeed. Definitely. <laughs> You're listening to Riffin Radio. The Bahia girl... I can just understand what it was for you to visit Bahia, which I believe you did as a result of this. Song. Yeah, well, because of the song, the ba- Bahia Tourist Board, it's called the Bahia Tusa, 
And the Brazilian embassy in Trinidad, they, they sent me over to Brazil for a while. So I spent some time over there. And um, it's like, the song actually came together right there because in Brazil, in Bahia, I felt, I, you know, things I, I, I grew, up, grew up on in Trinidad, you know, um, all the different the secret societies and so on, um, which basically started in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. All these things that, that I grew up on, I saw it over there, you know. Um, okay. Those are the things, things, Ileife, which I say in the song, Ileife, that's like the Vatican. The, to the Roman Catholic, that would be like the Vatican to the Yoruba person. Mm-hmm. That's the holy land in Nigeria. It's, it means a house of love. Ile, house, Ife, love. Ah. Yeah. How long were you actually there? About a week, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spent a week and then went to Rio for a while. Ah. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary, the Brazilian culture. But there's a strong similarity, as you mentioned, between, um, say, Bahia and the, the culture of Trinidad. Yes. Even the carnival in Bahia is different to the one in Rio. It's very it's closer to the Trinidad carnival than, than, um, than the Rio carnival. And most of the... Each, each year, the, the bands portray something about Africa. Mm. It's, it's, it's not like um, they're going to do Greece or, or Rome or something or display a, a fancy costume or something like that. It must symbolize something about Africa each year. Mm. You know? Our next music, Calypso music. Yeah, after 1986, when I, when I won the everything that year, people started to say, well, I wasn't doing Calypso and so on. And uh, this was my reaction to, to the criticism. This is a song called Calypso Music. I can still hear lion roar through Greenwich Village while executor kills them dead at the ribbon blue. Lord Invader conquers Berlin, but their hearts this time. And Lord Kitchener making old London feel. Feet so new. Feels. So it's new. feel. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a misprint. Yeah. Beginner and terror too. Fitzroy Coleman's fingers dancing on the fret. And when you think that he's through, he ain't start nothing yet. Carnegie Hall graced by the presence of Spiro. And when Spiro done with their tail, hear them shout it, don't go, Spiro. Don't go. Calypso music. What was the source of that criticism? Well, I think the shock, is what has happened in Trinidad in 1986 with me winning everything with this different style the shock, um, the Calypso purists um, couldn't deal with it. Um, they didn't know how to describe my music. It's the first thing that ever happened. And they, they didn't know how to handle it. So it was like, that is not Calypso. Since we cannot explain it, <laughs> it can't be Calypso. You know? <laughs> so I just said, I mean, let me reply to them in, in song. You know, this is how I feel. But this, this is what the music is to me. And that was the result of it. Your debut, in fact, in 1986 was equated to the arrival of Sparrow in 1956. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, do you accept the comparison and what were the qualities you think that prompted that comparison? Well, when Sparrow came on the scene, he was like a young upstart also. Um, he was doing different things. And, um, you know, so it's actually, it's a, it was a cycle. This was happening. Um, years before that, about 10 years before that, in seven, in seventy six, Shadow came with a different style, and you know so the, the criticism like it runs every every decade or so, and with it, ending with, with the number six, <laughs> seventy six, fifty six, eighty six. You know, David Calypso has a tradition of satire, of comment, of praise, of derision. Was madness 
really in that kind of context. Yes, that I am. Um, basically, that was the point when Trinidad, um, the society, economically started to go down. Um, people started to lose their jobs and so on. What, what year was this? That was 1987. Mm. It was start, the thing was starting then. You know, it, it actually around 1990 really hit hard. Mm-hmm. 89, 90, you know. Um, but 80, 87 was beginning to happen. Retrenchment and things were starting to, to bubble. And um, I, I've noticed that, you know, everyone was sort of like attacking the government and so on. And the Prime Minister at that time, George, George Chambers, he was under tremendous pressure. But the thing that struck me was that in the area where St. Anne's, which is a part of Port of Spain, that's where the Prime Minister lives, that's where the President lives, and that's also where the madhouse is, the asylum is. <laughs> so I said, well, this is perfect. perfect for satire, you know. <laughs> so um, the whole imagery of the thing is like a big party and it's a fete and it's, it's madness, but... Underneath what I'm saying is in Trinidad society is the fit. And it is madness. What is, what, what is happening in society is madness. It, 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 should, it shouldn't have been, you know. And we have come to this point. And this is where the song is about. Where are we going to St. Anne's? Are we going to the madhouse? Or are we going to march on the president and the prime minister? You know, where are we going? St. Anne's. We're just going up there. You know? <laughs> so it's a whole lot of play. You know? and, and what the situation as I saw it at that time. As a writer, what would you say that are the significant differences between the songs that you write and the traditional calypsonians, a la, say, Sparrow or, or Kitchener? Well, I think the music is very, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's satire, the double meaning and everything. But um, most of the music is very literal and very linear, you know. Mm-hmm. And I write in a, a multidimensional way, um, Five different, five different images in one song, you know. I, I've spread the double meaning, the triple meaning and quadruple meaning. And I think I, I use a lot of symbols and, um, you know, metaphors and so on. Mm. Um, basically, because the music goes, is, that's how the music goes forward. That's why I survive today still, you know. I more than survive. I, you know, people said, well, like in 86, well, that was a fluke. And, um, <laughs> you know, he's going to go away next year. And here I am. Now, eight, nine years on, you know, and extremely successful, probably the most successful artist in Trinidad in the last few, in, in that, since that time, you know, in terms of where I've reached and what I've achieved, you know. So basically, and, and that's what, the tra- tradition comes from a Greek word, trade, meaning to go forward. People think you ho- to sing, st- stay on the same thing you know constantly. That, 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 that destroys you. But basically, it's about going forward. I'm glad. You, I am a traditionalist. I'm, gl- you know? I'm glad you say that because I find that that's a serious problem in in a lot of Caribbean culture yeah. um, that limits not only the artist or attempts to limit the artist as well as it limits the audience. Yeah. Because there are people who would want um, an artist to perform the same material that he's doing that he's been doing for the next thirty years. Yeah. Without changing a line, mm-hmm. and that is really very stultifying because. There's no creative energies in that, and the artist doesn't grow. That's right. You know, and but it's it's a difficult thing. Yeah. And um, some artists are caught in a time warp. They're terrified to do anything new. That's and it. Their audience, told, yeah. And their audience won't allow them to do. Yeah, it's a very. We see, we live in a very insecure society. These little societies here. The, as we say, we, these tiny theaters of conflict and confusion, <laughs> better known as the Isles of the West. We live in a, with a lot of fear and, and, um, and insecurity. I don't have that. 
I do whatever I feel, whatever, whatever the music company tells me to do. That's why people expect when another buyer get on the hammer next year or so, and the music comes completely different. Not, it's not because I'm experimenting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That is how it comes to me, and I stay true to it. And hence, you know, that's why that's why I exist and and and, and live. And, you know, and um, the thing is that I, I've lived today to see a lot of people who are saying, "Well, that is not calypso." With what is happening now in the music, people are saying, "Well, we're lucky David Rudder is still around to to, to to make make statements and you know sing about Cuba and things like that." You know, so therefore, it proves that I am in the tradition. But really? the way the music feels, it, 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 you can't do 1986 um, music in the year 1994. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't write 1986, but I don't think I could write a song like the Hammer now, because it's a whole different vibe in the country and everything else. You know, and the whole world has changed around. Thanks for listening to Riffin Radio with Dermot Hussey. Be sure to like us and subscribe. We put out a podcast a week. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at R-I-F-F-I-N Radio, Facebook, Dermot Hussey, and check out our YouTube channel, Riffin Radio. <laughs>